Welcome back to another episode of the Hecklers and Hot Takes podcast. This is your host, Brian Clinton. I'm here with Colton Rector, and today we are talking week two of college football. Colton, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. College football is in full swing, and I'm ready to keep it rolling. Good deal. Well, let's kind of let's just jump right into it. First and foremost, 12-team playoff. We didn't talk about this last week. Uh, it, it came in kind of last minute right after we were finished up with our with our first episode. This is a huge change for the landscape of college football. It may not be immediate. It may not be happening right now, um, but monumental. What are your thoughts? Um, I think there's positives and negatives to it, obviously, like with everything else in life. But ultimately, I think that it's going to be um, – I think it's going to be a good thing. I kind of like it. It's different. You know, I was kind of uneasy about the expansion of the playoffs at first, but the more I see it, the more I see how they're going to do it, the more I like it. Um, I really don't think it needs to go any more than this. I think 12 is plenty. I don't think it needs to get any bigger. Um, whereas, you know, I've heard some people say doing the 64 or whatever, like basketball does for March Madness could be a thing. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's way too much where, you know, this is football, not basketball, but I think it's good. Um, I think it'll be a good way to get, um, potential teams that typically wouldn't have a chance of getting in, you know, give them that Cinderella story of, you know, chance of getting in and playing Bama first round or whoever it happens to be. But, um, yeah, I like it. I think it's going to be different. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it whenever it does happen. The more that I look at college football and kind of like a like a vacuum, I guess, is the more that I realize the margin for error there is a lot smaller than it is in basketball. So you're you're there's not nearly as much parity. You don't see Loyola Chicago, uh, you know, making it to to that stage. And so I, I think twelve, like you said, I think twelve is a good number. I, I am excited to see teams finally get the chance that they feel they've been wronged all these times to, to go and do it. Is it going to end up like Cincinnati and Michigan did last year? Probably, but Probably. I mean, they, they are getting their chance and that's what counts. So um, lots of good games this week. Uh, last week was, was kind of a snoozer uh, as far as uh, big 12 goes. The conference goes nine and one, lots of FCS teams on the slate. Things pick up a little bit this week. Uh First and foremost, Alabama heads to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns. Now, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, this would have been, you know, something that we saw in the 2009 VCS National Championship. Now, Bama's coming into Austin a 20-point favorite. Um, I, <laughs> before I just write Texas off here, what has to happen what what does Texas have to do to make this game competitive? To have a chance to win this game, I would love to say that you just you triple team Will Anderson on offense, and that should solve that problem. But they they have a guy named DJ Dale, and there's a, there's a third one that's also pretty pretty dang good, kind of like Will Anderson. And you just there's not enough there's not enough people on the offensive side of the ball to block each one of them. Um. So I feel I feel kind of bad for Quinn Ewers. Um, I don't say this going well for him personally, but I think if they can block these guys, I think that Bijan Robinson and uh, Xavier Worthy have to have flawless days. They have to have a flawless games. Yeah, I agree. And and 
I think that if Texas is going to have any kind of success, they've got to put the ball in their best player's hand and, and Bijan's got to get touches all game long. I mean, he needs to have a consistent flow of opportunities. Um, you know, this is not going to be an easy game for that Texas offensive line. Lots of youth there. Definitely not something that you want to see uh, across from Alabama, but you never know. Maybe they'll get a lucky, bo- a lucky bounce or two. Dijon's um, going to have to bring the mustard for sure. He absolutely is going to have to bring the Dijon. Uh, Missouri heads up to Kansas State. Uh, the Wildcats are set to host the Tigers at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Uh, Kansas State, an eight-point favorite in this game as it currently sits here on Wednesday night. Adrian Martinez is going to have to be more proficient through the air in this game. Uh, against South Dakota, he didn't pass for a single touchdown. He didn't necessarily need to. They still won 34 to nothing. But uh, for Kansas State to reach the the ceiling that they have set for themselves this year as a quote-unquote dark horse in the Big 12, you've got to start here against Missouri, and uh, we need to see something from from K-State. Yeah, I think um... – you know, you know, typically you want to pick the SEC team in these in these scenarios simply because they typically have the superior athletes. They typically have, um, you know, more experience just all the way across. Even even if this were Vanderbilt versus K- uh, Kansas State, but um, I have I have been one of the people who have kind of bought into the Kansas State hype this year. Um, obviously, like you said, you do need to see more out of Adrian Martinez. He's going to have to step up his game, um, and and you know put the team on his back a little bit more and um, they're not going to be able to rely on the run game like as much as they did last week. But, um, but yeah, I, I think Kansas state's the the superior team here. I think Kansas state's got more size. I think they're more physical um, and it being in Manhattan, I think it's going to be a huge help for them. So um, anxious to see, this is going to be kind of their first real test. Anxious to see kind of how they, how they respond to Missouri coming then to Manhattan and um, go from there. Couple of quick notes on the Wildcats. They did lose their starting right guard for the season uh, to a torn ACL. He missed all of last season as well, uh, so a tough break there for for the Wildcats. But uh, a positive note: if you're not aware, Kansas State's one of a few teams in the nation to return an All American on either side of the ball with Deuce Vaughn at running back and Felix and Adike Uzoma at defensive end. So look for those guys to have big roles in this game uh, for the Wildcats. <clears throat> Future Big 12 game here. Houston heads up to Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. That game is set for 3 p.m. on FS1. Tyler uh, Tyler Shuck is out again with a shoulder injury. He missed most of last season uh, with with the same injury. So Donovan Smith is thrown into the fire here. uh, Starting, He started four games for the Red Raiders last season against a Houston defense that is better than an advertised. Dana Holgerson's going to have those boys ready to play. Should be a really, really good game up in Lubbock. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it is going to be a close game. Um, unfortunately, I think I've got Tech losing this one. Um, I think Dana Holgerson is the more experienced coach, um, has played here obviously before, um, and has has the, the Houston team that he's got down there rolling. Um, I think they're a very good team, and with Show or Shuck out again, I mean, I always say that kid's name wrong, but um, I think with him being out again, um, I think that's going to hurt Tech a little bit. But um, but yeah, I think that it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a hard fought game, but I do think Houston edges it out. 
Should be a good one for sure. Another good one. Uh, define good. This game's probably going to be ugly because it always is. We have the we have the Cyhawk game. Uh, Iowa State heads to Iowa City to take on uh, the Hawkeyes there. The Hawkeyes currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. It's going to be ugly. It'll be fun, Big Ten-style football, as it always is. But uh, definitely, definitely one to tune in for if you like that kind of if you like that kind of football. Absolutely, um, Iowa's game last week I think also was what you would call ugly. <laughs> um, their defense outscored their offense in what could only be described as Big Ten fashion. Um, I think that I think that this game is going to be very hard fought, hard fought as it always is. Um, Iowa State looked really good last week, and and I think uh, it, you can't ever pick this game because it doesn't matter how good or how bad one of the other teams are. It's just, it's just you never you never can pick this game. It doesn't go either way. I think the only winner here um, would be the uh, the kids in the hospital for the Kinnick Wave, and I think that's kind of kind of going to be my winner for this game on this one because I can't I can't pick one of the two teams. Speaking of the Kinnick Wave. <laughs> On Cyclone Fanatic, uh, it's a, an Iowa State, unaffiliated with Iowa State, but a message board nonetheless. We had a we had an interesting post from Hoosman, uh, clearly an Iowa State fan, who says, I will be rebuked for saying this. Maybe my hatred for the Hawkeyes has gone too far. <laughs> but the Kinnick wave. The Bible says if you're doing something charitable, do it in private. Otherwise, it motiva- its motivations are for publicity, recognition, and being owed the gratitude. Yes, the kids do get a small dose of happiness from this, and they need everything that they can get, but it comes off as just as just some publicity stunt to me. Look at how nice we are to everybody. <laughs> so clearly... Wow. Clearly, we have some uh, we have some hard feelings for for Iowa there from the Iowa State fans, but uh, that's just part of the rivalry. This is how things go. Uh, so should be a good one there. Uh, should be a fun one for sure. I think someone's mother didn't love them enough as a child. Yeah, clearly, something didn't go right for uh, Hoosman. So uh, yes, you are being rebuked on this on this podcast for that. So, uh, anyways, we got Kansas at West Virginia kicking off Big Twelve play. That game is in Morgantown, uh, West Virginia, currently 13.5-point favorite. This is a night game, uh, we, 5 Central. It'll be 6 Eastern time there out in West Virginia, and there will be country roads played. Um, I would expect nothing less from West Virginia. you gotta, you got to have country roads playing at all times. And uh, um, from what I've heard, it sounds like Kansas has been preparing for that during practice by having that on repeat. Um, getting getting a little John Denver pumped in their head all day every day is is good for the soul. Uh, I think everybody would agree with that. Um, and and I think as far as the game goes, um, I think that Kansas is actually going to be a um for the first time in a very very long time. I think Kansas is going to be um actually a good competitor in this game. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna give West Virginia a run for their money. Um, at the very least. And I think, you know, West Virginia may, as, as they may win this game, I think they may be leaving that game going, this team's going to be a problem in the future. Um, so so I think I think it's going to be a good game. I think Kansas is going to start surprising some people here soon. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's going to be 
I think it's going to come down to the offensive and defensive lines for sure. Uh, who can push who around? Yeah, I look for Neil Brown to absolutely have his team ready to go. Hopefully he does. If there's any kind of letdown after an emotional loss last week, this Kansas team is certainly good enough to take advantage of that. Um, given what we saw last week, Devin Neal had four carries over a hundred yards. He will be used a lot more. That West Virginia front seven will have their hands full with the Jayhawks this time around. Uh, 13 and a half seems like a lot of points to me. So we will see how that one goes. Uh, more points here. Oklahoma versus Kent State, two very fast offenses. Um, 33 and a half the Sooners are favored by in that game. Uh, it is a 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN Plus, 6 uh, p.m. Central Time. Lots of points? Question mark? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's, uh, for the Big 12's sake, I hope it's, I hope it's one-sided. <laughs> But I think Kent State is surprisingly going to be a good test for Oklahoma and that Brent Venables-led defense. Um, it's it's going to be tempo versus tempo on offense, um, and it's it's going to be one of those things where you know they're running that Iowa State style three three five defense. So they're gonna they're gonna you know put that test to Oklahoma early. Can you throw on this kind of a defense? Can you out athlete us? And they're gonna they're gonna force that. They're gonna force Oklahoma to try to out athlete them. Um, and then on the flip side, I think that um, their offense having that tempo as well is going to test that Brent Venable defense is, you know, is that fast flying four and five guys swarming to the ball in every play um, going to be the norm? Is that going to be what we see again here? Um, or are we going to get spread out? Is, is Oklahoma going to get spread out and get, um, get uh, what's the word, get burned or get, uh, get shown up? So we're definitely going to see, um, but uh, I think it's, the, the the athletic ability and the physical sheer size and everything is going to play a big role in it as well in Oklahoma's favor. Yeah, I think Kent State's definitely outmatched in this one, um, but look for look for Oklahoma to try and and continue the identity that they are building uh, as far as physicality goes on that defense. So it should be interesting one to tune in for there. Uh, just up the road in Stillwater, the the Cowboys are or set to host Arizona state, uh, the quote bowl. I'd like to call this one. Uh, you got Herb Edwards versus Mike Gundy, uh, two guys that are known for making headlines. Big question for me is, is Spencer Sanders who we saw last week, or do we have a little bit of regression towards the norm here as they step up in competition a bit? Um, I think we're still going to see a Spencer, a Spencer Sanders that is, that is still on fire and that is still rolling. Um, you know, last week, last week he sank that first, that first beer pong cup and he's on to beer pong cup. Number two, he's heating up. I think he is going to be still rolling in hot this week. Um, I do think that they're going to have a little bit more of a challenge, obviously more than what they faced against central Michigan. Um, but I think that, you know, last week, Mike Gundy was able to do a good job by getting their, their younger guys or their new guys to that program out there and letting them get a taste for, uh, college game tempo um, and, and getting in that experience. Um, I look honestly for Oklahoma State to be able to do that again um, in some capacity this week, maybe not for quite as long. Um, I expect their starters to be out a little bit longer this week. However, um, I like Oklahoma State in this one, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think Spencer Sanders and that Oklahoma State offense will be hot. Oklahoma State is an 11-point favorite in that game. It is set to kick off at 630 on ESPN2. 
The next game on the slate for Big 12 play is Tarleton heading to TCU. There is no line on this game with it being an FCS versus FBS opponent. 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus is where you can catch that one. This, interestingly, is the very first meeting between the Texans and the Horn Frogs, even though they're just 80 miles apart. So uh, look for Sonny Dykes to try and get his quarterback situation figured out. Uh, they're behind Chandler Morris, who will be out for this game. So Max Duggan will get the start there. Um, we go to Baylor versus BYU is the final Big 12 game on deck. And this is my favorite game of the week. I I really like the thought of the Bears going up to Provo to take on the Cougars. It's a 9-15 kick on ESPN. BYU is favored by three and a half points. You know, the, the home team gets three points there, so they see BYU essentially as a half point better than Baylor. So this one should be a slobber knocker. As uh, the late John Madden would say, there there should be a lot of uh, hard-hitting uh, plays in this game. Maybe not a lot of points, but should be a fun one. Yeah, and speaking of John Madden, I, I think the team who scores more points will win this game. Um, <laughs> I, I firmly believe that uh, wholeheartedly. All joking aside, though, I think Baylor and BYU are playing some of the best football that either of them have played you know, for either program in a long time. Uh, I think both teams are firing on all cylinders right now. And I think it's going to be uh, a great game. I think Baylor's, Baylor's physicality um, and, you know, that defensive strong mindset that they have is going to be is going to be hard to outplay. But um, if anybody can do it in this game, I mean, obviously BYU can do it. And especially being in Utah, they're going to have that home field advantage. You're going to have some altitude on their side. that um, may prove to be a little bit difficult to deal with, but um, – I think it's going to come down to Will Blake's shape and look as sharp as he did last week, you know, chunking the ball around the yard like it was nothing. So, uh, but BYU, again, I think I think you're right. I think this is going to be a great game, my favorite game of the week, and I'll be staying up all night to watch it. We've got a few other games of interest around the country. Uh, SEC battle, I'm looking forward to. Two of my favorite uh, head coaches here with Shane Beamer and Sam Pittman going at it. The South Carolina Gamecocks are – at Arkansas, uh, the Razorbacks are eight-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. Uh, set to kick off at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Rattler versus K.J. Jefferson, that's that's the uh, title for me for this game. I, I'm ready to see the two quarterbacks go at it. Two totally different styles of play there. Obviously, Jefferson can really hurt you with his feet, and Rattler's more known for his for his arm talent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rattler is you know obviously a great, highly recruited quarterback that – went into Oklahoma and won the starting job and then, you know, transferred, lost the starting job ultimately in the end. Um, and then transferred over to South Carolina with Shane Beamer, who, um, you know, as a coach, they were really close whenever they were both at Oklahoma. Um, but if I remember correctly, Rattler did struggle a little bit last week. Um, didn't maybe play up to what everyone maybe was expecting from him, um, which not bad, but not great either. Um, so yeah, I think, I think definitely Rattler versus KJ Jefferson is going to be a big battle here. Um, I think in the end though, um, Sam Pittman is going to be turning that damn jukebox on at the end of the game and it's going to be, it's going to be a party, uh, in Fayetteville. App State at Texas A&M, the Aggies are 17 point favorites in this game. App State scored 40 points in the fourth quarter last week, last week against North Carolina and lost the football game 63 to 61. Uh, something of note here, Haynes King, starting quarterback for Texas A&M, 
seems to still have the turnover problem that we've seen from him in the past. He threw two interceptions against San Houston State last week. Uh, the Aggies won, but it wasn't quite as uh, convincing as as Aggie, Aggies were hoping. Uh, definitely one to watch there for sure. And then we have Tennessee and Pitt. Now, this is one of the best quarterback battles of the week with but but not necessarily guys that that everybody knows about. You kind of have to be, quote unquote, in the weeds a bit on college football to know Keaton Slovis and Hendon Hooker at this point. Um, both two guys that that are able to hurt you with with their arm talent for sure. And I think that there could be a ton of points scored in this football game. Uh, foreshadowing there. Yeah, I think that uh, the over being sixty six and a half points may not be enough. Um, I, yeah, I definitely think that that could be, could be an issue. It's definitely going to be quarterback on quarterback. I mean, we saw what Keaton Slovis could do, uh, last week or yeah, last week against West Virginia early on. Um, he can clearly put the ball downfield, but, uh, he's not invincible either. Uh, we've seen what Hendon Hooker can do both with his feet and with his arm. He's dangerous as well. And, and the, the fighting Josh Heupel's, um, as I've heard them called, um, are, are definitely going to be out to prove a point this year both non-con and, you know, in the SEC, um, trying to prove that they are a blue blood school and that they're, you know, trying to get back to their, their prominence in the SEC and in college football in general. Um, so, uh, while I think this could be a lot of points, I think they're going to be out to show no mercy and they're going to try to have their defense set to kill and, you know, keep Pitt very limited. Tennessee is six and a half point favorite in that game. So it should be an interesting line to follow. And then the final game that we want to talk about is 20th-ranked Kentucky going to 12th-ranked Florida, playing Florida in the swamp after a terrific game against Utah last week. The Gators took down the 7th-ranked Utah Utes and Billy Napier's first game as Gators head coach. That game is set for 6 p.m., another night game in the swamp, and Kentucky is walking into a hornet's nest there. Absolutely. Uh, Florida, I think, kind of shocked the world last week whenever – um, they they pulled off the win that no one I think was expecting them to win, even though they were at home. Uh, I certainly wasn't expecting them to win, but as I've as I've said before, you know you can't you cannot count Florida out when they're at home. The swamp is a dangerous place, um, both metaphorically and physically. Um, and I and I think that again you can't ever count them out there. Now they do have a very physical Mark Stoops led Kentucky team coming in there. Um, I think that is going to be, um, you know, one that, that people are going to need to definitely pay attention to. And if I remember correctly, I believe this game, Mark, is aiming for like win number 150 or something at Kentucky or no, no, no. It's He's going to be the winningest coach in, in Kentucky history, Kentucky football history um, with the win at Florida, I believe. Um, somebody fact check me on that. But yes, a uh, huge game for SEC East standings. And it's definitely going to be definitely going to be one to watch for sure. When and if he gets that 150th win or whatever the number is there, the person he will be uh, surpassing, the great Bear Bryant, uh, is, is who currently holds that record. So interesting game there for sure. All right, let's get into it. Let's pick some games. <clears throat> First game on the list, Arizona State at Oklahoma State, 11-point favorite. Uh, the Cowboys are in that one. I am going to take the Cowboys in this game. I am as well. All right. Second game, 
uh, on the list is Kansas at West Virginia. Who do you have in that one? I want to pick Kansas, but I think West Virginia is going to pull it out. Yeah, I was. Uh, I actually had Kansas selected here at first, and my 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 brain told me to change that just out of happens out of seeing how crazy it looked. So I'm going to roll with West Virginia here, but I think Kansas covers the 13 and a half points there. Uh, let's go Missouri at Kansas State. I am going to roll with. I'm going to roll with the Wildcats. I'm going to take Kansas State in this one at home. Yeah, I think the Power Cats in Manhattan are hard to beat. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be something – going to be a good game for sure, um, but I, I think Kansas Kansas State pulls it out in the end. Um, but I look for Missouri to make a statement as well. Do they cover eight points? Uh, yes, Kansas okay. State covers. All right. Uh, we've got Houston at Texas Tech. Texas Tech currently a three-point favorite in that game. Earlier you said you were taking the Cougars. Are you still feeling that? I Yes, I'm staying behind the Cougs. All right, Houston. I am going to take – I'm going to take Texas Tech in this one. I like okay. I like Donovan Smith. I like what he brings to quarterback. I think that he does just enough to get Texas Tech past Houston for the second straight year. Um, let's go South Carolina at Arkansas. Arkansas an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. I am going to roll with Woo Pig on this one. Woo Pig, 100%. Yep. Turn that damn jukebox on, right? Turn it on. All right. The Cyhawk game. We have Iowa State at Iowa. Who do you have on this one? I got the Cyclones, man. Um, it's a very lopsided series, but after watching last week, I, I think I got Cyclones all the way. Yeah. Whenever you're. Defense outscores your offense, and it was with two safeties. I don't like that. <laughs> I I tend not to pick teams that win that way. So I am going to roll with Hunter Deckers and the Iowa State Cyclones in this one as well. We probably just cursed them to another loss to the to the probably. Hawkeyes, but don't blame me. Uh, with, next, we've got Tennessee at Pitt. Tennessee is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. I am going to say the Vols get one on the road here. I think the atmosphere is a little less hype than it was last week for West Virginia. I think Tennessee wins that game and covers. I think Tennessee wins and does not cover. Okay. Interesting. Interesting note there, Pitt is ranked 17th, whereas Tennessee, I believe, just jumped in the top 25. So should be a fun one to watch on, uh, in that game. Number 20, Kentucky versus number 12, Florida. The Gators are four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Uh, who do you got in the, in the swamp? I want to I wanna pick Mark Stoops because of, of this record that he's going after because um, I think that's huge. Um, and and to, be, to be a record holder over the Great Bear Bryant uh, I think is, is just monumental. But at the same time, I picked against Florida in the Swamp last week. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. Yeah, I'm going to take Bill and Napier and the Gators as well. Number one, Alabama at unranked Texas. Bama is a 20-point favorite in this game. I'm not overthinking this one. I'm taking Alabama, and I think Alabama covers in this one. I just don't think Texas is there yet. And this is going to be a little foreshadowing for me as well, but I agree with that statement. Bama and the points. All righty. Last game, the ninth-ranked Baylor Bears at the 21st-ranked BYU Cougars. Colton, the Bears get it done on the road? They do. 
All right. I, I mean, if you want to, if you want to look at it, and uh, you want to look at it in terms of mascot fighting mascot, a bear is going to beat a cougar nine times out of ten. Um, it just it's it's science. So go bears. <laughs> I I had a hard time with this one. BYU returns twenty of twenty two starters from last season, um, and they were a ten win season. Uh, they were a ten win team last year, if I remember correctly. I just have a really hard time seeing Dave Aranda losing game two uh, just after after what he put together last year. Blake Shapin is in a position of, of pressure here, and I just trust his offensive and defensive lines better. I, I just trust him more. I think Baylor gets it done. I think it's close. I think it's really close. Oh, I think it's uh, close, 100%. But I will take the Bears in that one. All right, it is time for our locks of the week. Uh, I will go first on this one. I am taking Tennessee and Pitt to cover the over in this one. The over over under is sixty six and a half. I think there's closer to eighty points scored in this game. I think this was an easy wow. one. Uh, I, I see something along the lines of thirty eight, thirty five, uh, maybe forty to thirty seven, somewhere in that area. Uh, I think there's a lot of points back and forth, fun game, and I think the the volunteers get it done. Yeah, um, for me, it's it's Alabama at Texas. Um, I like you mentioned. It's it's don't overthink it. It's Bama and the points. Bama's going to win. Bama's going to cover. Um, and I don't want Quinn Ewers to get hurt, but it's it's very possible that they have to pull him early to save him for the rest of the season. All right, and before we part with you we've got some parting thoughts um my parting thought for the evening is we spoke about this earlier at length and, and i'll give you a condensed version here but the the playing the game to win the game is something that herm edwards said a long time ago i didn't like what i heard from steve sarkeesian this week I, I didn't like the nonchalantness about this game being important. I didn't like the fact that this game was downplayed. Yes, it is Alabama. Yes, it is a team that is supposed to come in here and wreck your house and then make you clean it up after they're done. Uh, that's, I mean, they are the Crimson Tide. They've been in every playoff outside of one since the playoff started. And I think that Texas is – in the process of trying to build themselves out of a hole that they've put themselves in. But I don't think the way to go about it is to play it off like this game isn't important. That doesn't help your players. That doesn't help your program. You've got to be better. And I think that if he comes out and his team is flat, he's partly to blame for that. I completely agree. Um, Steve Car- Steve Steve Sarkeesian even was, you know, quoted, I believe, as saying last year after the Oklahoma game, um, as saying that after that game, you know, happened the way it did, being up by 21 points and then Oklahoma coming back and losing, that he lost his team. After after that game, it was downhill. They went on a losing streak, and and he he took it all the way back to the Oklahoma game and saying that he lost his team after that game. So coming from a guy who said that, you would think that that you this would be the last thing that you would want to say to the media, especially you know behind closed doors to your coaching staff or to your AD or something like that. You know, maybe okay, but something that your your boosters and your fans and then ultimately your players 
are going to see and hear. I feel like that's the last thing for a guy who doesn't want to lose his team again, especially going into week two. That's the last thing you want your team to hear, especially if you're wanting them to play hard for you. And you're, you know, you're trying to do more than win a Big Twelve championship. If your if your goals and aspirations are not loftier than that, then what are you doing at the University of Texas? Exactly. I mean, coaches there are on the hot seat in week one of their first year. They're on the hot seat in the off season before they've ever even coached a game there right now. So why is that something that you're saying? That that made absolutely no sense to me. I I couldn't agree with you more as far as you know what you're saying on it. it, it I you know, I was shocked to hear him say that. It's a monumental game uh, for both for for both fan bases for both universities. Uh, maybe in a different right. I think that uh, Bama obviously probably sees this as they push their way into the state of Texas for recruiting purposes. I think this is a a big game, and, and I have a feeling that Nick Saban is going to try and prove a point in this one. Um, but that will do it for us. Thank you for tuning in to the Hecklers and Hot Takes podcast. We will have a recap for you on Sunday night, and we will talk to you then.